0: You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. We are free and available on all platforms. My name is Mary Clark, staff writer for the win, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, NHL analyst for the Montreal Gazette, host of Game Over Montreal on the SDPN. who you can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Thursday edition of the Cross Check, the NHL has announced what will be all known to be true for some time, that the league and its players will not be going to the upcoming 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. In this short episode before the holiday, we mourn the loss of NHLers at the Olympics for the second straight time, and also we discuss the Flames Arena deal drama. Plus, we continue our Marvel discussions from Tuesday's episode as we rank our favorite MCU films as it stands at the end of 2021. So, Andrew, before you start off today's show, how you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. We had some temper tantrum issues last night, but uh, we're going to roll with the punches and hope that this uh, holiday season isn't going to be as bad as it feels like it's going to be with the behavior we've had heading into it. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it is when you're stuck without uh, much family around and this stupid virus keeps on raging so hopefully we get it it burns out here as fast as it has in South Africa because there's already reports that their peak is over so that's good news
0: yeah, yeah that's good news Um, sorry you're having temper tantrum issues uh, I had a really nice Wednesday that I spent uh, some time with my friends who I haven't seen some of them since before the before the pandemic Uh, it wasn't like a huge gathering just like a handful of people had some fun played some games played Beat Saber for the first time and that was really fun um, yeah, just hung out. Uh it was it was a good time. So um, it distracted me from the news that I that like I said at the intro that we all knew was coming basically for the past couple of weeks even though we were kind of in a little bit of denial about it that the NHL has withdrawn from the upcoming 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Um, and the news kind of circulated um, officially on Wednesday, but uh, Tuesday was when it. everybody basically got confirmation from ESPN to The Athletic. Um, so it was basically all but confirmed Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, the NHL um, announced what we all knew. Uh, so I'm just going to read uh, some of the NHL's uh, statement about it. And then I'll read the NHLPA statement because they're two very different Statements here. Um, So from the NHL statement, this is from Gary Benton. The National Hockey League respects and admires the desire of NHL players to represent their countries and participate in a best-on-best tournament. Accordingly, we have waited as long as possible to make this decision while exploring every available option to enable our players to participate in the 2022 Winter Olympics. Uh, Unfortunately, given the profound disruption to the NHL's regular season schedule caused by the recent COVID-related events, with 50 games already having been postponed through December 23rd, Olympic participation is no longer feasible. Um... And then that goes to talk on about the uh, safety protocols that the NHL has. Um, But the big key there is that this was a profound disruption of the NHL regular season, which we all knew was going to be if there was going to be no NHLers at the Olympics, it was going to be for that reason specifically. The NHLPA statement. Much shorter, but um, one specific line stood out to me and a bunch of other people, so I'll read this. Since the CBA extension was reached 17 months ago, NHL players have looked forward with great anticipation to once again participating in the Winter Olympics. Until very recently, we seem to be on a clear path to go to Beijing. COVID-19 has unfortunately intervened, forcing dozens of games to be postponed this month alone. No matter how much we wish it were not the case, we need to utilize the Olympic period to reschedule these games. Certainly, the players and hockey fans are quite disappointed, but playing a full 82-game season this year is something the the pandemic has prevented from us doing since the 2018-19 season is very important. We expect that NHL players will return to the Olympics in 2026. So, I mean, obviously, it's full of PR speak, but the thing that stood out to me is that the Players Association said, we expect to go to the Olympics in 2026. Um... Yeah, like I said, there's there's no surprises here um, from, you know, the reasoning the NHL pulled out. Um, I did find it interesting that the PA said that they're going to use uh, that three week Olympic break to reschedule games because one of the big things is arena availability. That's kind of one of the things holding it back. And nobody really knows um, how it's going to work because obviously we don't know arena availability. But Andrew, do you have any thoughts on all of that?
1: I mean, obviously it's disappointment because you wanted to have the best players there. You wanted to have like a fully hyped Olympics. I think my biggest takeaway right now is, are the Olympics going to happen this year? I know it's late in the process and logistically it's going to be difficult, but we've already seen the delayed Olympics uh, once during this pandemic. I would not be surprised if they delay this Olympics to 2023. And then maybe the NHL players are back in it because I feel like 2026, like, 2026 is so far away. It doesn't
0: feel real, Andrew. You can it just doesn't, say it doesn't feel real.
1: It doesn't feel real. There's going to be players who will never have played in, Oli- in an Olympics because you know like their career peak just missed you know what blew this, my mind? these two Olympics that we missed.
0: You know what blew my mind? Realizing what? and hearing that Steven Stamkos has never played in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, because he broke his leg right before the last time. He's and, finally healthy now and actually having a fantastic year. And
0: he didn't make it in like when he was like a teenager right I believe like 1918 uh, he didn't I don't think he made the cut I, from what I remember yeah uh, so he just has had a bunch of unfortunate luck and this year probably would have been his first you know time at the Olympics that blew my mind when I first uh, read it because I was like wait there's no way and then it was so you're right it, it is you know for an entire generation of players or people like Stamkos who got unlucky they may not be able to go to the the Olympics at all um and it will have been if they go in 2026 20, obviously taking everything that's happened at face value there will have been 12 years since the last time NHLers were at the Olympics when we get to 2026 <sighs> Andrew I was that's in college painful. I was in college the last time NHLers were at the Olympics uh, I'll be in my 30s <laughs> when when they go again it's painful, Andrew, and I hate it, it very much. And awful. I know that you're a little bit older than me, so that obviously skews uh, to a different level of pain. But still, it yeah, is. Yeah, Mary, I
1: I don't want to talk about the fact that I'll be almost forty. Oh
0: God, <laughs> you know, oh, don't God. like
1: it. Don't like it. All right. So uh, we'll I'm move hoping past that... that part, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's so much that goes on in the Olympics. We can't just be focused on men's hockey. And you know, the fact is, last Olympics were still super fun. Uh, There was lots to look forward to. So I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, I hope that the Olympics are delayed so that we can have men's hockey with NHLers at the Olympics if that inconveniences like all the other athletes. Like you have to, like we have to understand that there are some players who qualified for these Olympics that delaying them a year, it might be like the end of their career, you know, or they're not in their prime anymore. They would have won gold medals and now they won't. You know, it's a lot of things that are affected a lot of people that are affected by this, but just seeing how everything's happening right now, is it safe to have this for all the athletes? Because the Olympics in the end, I don't give a crap about the money part of it because that part is evil, you know, and they wreak havoc on every destination that they are hosted in. It's just, it's not good for anybody. The only way that you can square the circle of enjoying the Olympics is If you're watching it for enjoying the athletes, the the athletes, the athletic competition, the peak of their sports, you know, that's what's interesting about it. So if those players are not safe or not just necessarily players, but those competitors, those athletes are not safe. That's when I would say we should really look into delaying this thing because it's just not worth it for them to be put at risk. And clearly the NHL has already decided that their players are at risk. Uh, not just from the Olympics, but from the season because we've had like this had fifty plus delayed games now, yeah, uh the last week of the season essentially has had one game heading into the holidays, so
0: yeah, it's been a mess all around, and it's hard to even say if the Olympics will happen in February because you know how however many months ago we were kind of all assured that I think both of us kind of were optimistic about the Olympic chances, um probably to our uh downfall but We couldn't have predicted another, you know, COVID wave. I mean, maybe we should have given given everything we've gone through over the past a year and a half, nearly two years now. So, you know, it it is what it is. But um, I hope at the end of the day, um, the athletes that if the Olympics aren't postponed, that they're healthy, everything goes well there, everybody is as safe as they possibly can be. um, And I'm you know excited for the women's tournament we talked about it last time that is the you know true best on best that's going to be really fun to watch it's going to probably tear this podcast apart if i had to guess <laughs> um because i i know the pain that is coming but you never know i mean you at the team usa is defending their their gold from last time so you we we weren't we we're, we are not sure what's going to happen but it's you know it's this is definitely obviously a story to follow because there's still hockey going to be at the Olympics. NHLers may not be there, but women's hockey is obviously very important. And then there will be a men's tournament too. We just don't know who's going to be participating. So like I said, I hope all the athletes are safe at the end of the day. Um, but I am now, my focus is turned towards women's hockey in this and for the best because uh, Team USA on the men's side has disappointed me uh, a lot uh, over the last handful of years at the Olympics. So uh, at least the women's team, uh, has won gold and has been competitive uh, recently. So uh, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket now. I will be very sad if they lose. Do not disappoint me, Team USA.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least, I mean, Team USA on the men's side. Is it disappointing that they hired a guy to manage it who hid sexual assault or that they hired another guy who hid sexual assault or that the guy in charge now was caught on record saying the N-word? Like. Yeah. W- What are they doing? I know it's bad. It's really bad. Someone that doesn't have a ridiculously blemished record.
0: I know, but that's. I think it's a hockey culture in a nutshell. That's basically just what USA Hockey is, at least on the men's side. I cannot speak to the women's side because I'm not. I do not know that as well. But you're right. It is just a mess on the men's side completely. Um, It makes it very difficult to root for them because of everything surrounding them. So I'm glad at least. They have gone down a bit in my to-care-about-in-the-Olympics rankings uh, because uh, hockey is first, but then I like things like, you know, ice dancing, speed skating, figure skating all the skating uh, those are always really fun for me to watch but yeah uh that's probably the last major update we'll have on the olympics i would expect uh because there's no more nhlers i mean we can talk you know about olympic previews when we get into the new year but um you know the saga is finally over i'm glad it happened uh before the christmas holiday so we didn't you know drag this out any longer than it needed to um so just overall this situation sucks but you know what can what can you do? It is for the best at the end of the day. It really is. Uh, you know, for the health and safety of the players and for, you know, the structural integrity of the NHL's uh, season and schedule. Because like uh, the NHLPA said in that statement, they have not played um, a full 82 game season since 2018-19. And that feels like forever ago. So, it does. Yeah, it really, really does. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Calgary Flames arena deal, which has fallen apart. Um, And I think most people found this out uh, from uh, the Calgary mayor posting about it on Twitter, which was an interesting way to do it. Uh, But we will talk about that coming up right after this. Nobody plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one on one. This never before seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes, you decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. So, Andrew, the uh, the Calgary Flames were supposed to have a new arena, and I believe we are supposed to break ground on it pretty soon, if what I remember uh, correctly. Uh, But then we found out a couple days ago? Yes. Uh, Tuesday? It Wednesday?
1: It's literally yesterday, I believe. Okay.
0: It, a lot is, and Andrew, to be fair, a lot has happened. Um, but uh, we found out on Wednesday from the mayor of Calgary on Twitter that uh, the deal is has fallen apart. Can you explain a little bit more uh, for our listeners?
1: Yeah. So the Calgary Flames and the city of Calgary had a contentious relationship from the get-go about this arena because the Flames wanted the city to pay for everything and essentially also build out... Um, I believe they're C train and public transport to take things straight to the arena, and cover the cost of like essentially, if you have a ticket to a Flames game, you'd be able to ride uh, public transport for free to the arena. So like they're covering tons of costs just to facilitate the Calgary Flames, and from the get go, it was very antagonistic from the Flames. Like I don't know if you remember, but Brian Burke was doing like uh, a bunch of public. uh, pressers talking about how the Calgary Flames are definitely going to move and they're scouting out Houston and before Seattle so it was they're scouting out Seattle and uh, the Calgary city council is betraying Calgarians by not being loyal to the Calgary Flames blah 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 so it was always contentious from the beginning and the mayor in charge at the time was uh, Nahid Nenchi who is a fantastic mayor for the city of Calgary has done a lot for them I believe he was the first Muslim mayor in Canada, which is like a huge deal, especially in Alberta. And uh, he was standing at the forefront saying like, listen, we don't believe that public funds should go to arenas, but we understand that this is a situation that needs to be rectified quickly. So they expanded it to like a whole like entertainment district kind of thing. Right. Similar to what Edmonton did with their quote unquote ice district, which is I don't know if it's worked out or not, but I know that the city of Edmonton got completely screwed over in that deal. In terms of the finances so they came together they agreed to a deal including like essentially it's a 50 50 deal and it included the uh like uh mitigations for cost overruns where they that would be handled essentially 50 50 as well except for a few different things that from the outset would be handled by the csec which is the calgary sports and entertainment committee uh which is run by the calgary flames Unfortunately, Murray Edwards, the billionaire who owns the Calgary Flames and this ownership group have now decided to play chicken with the city of Calgary and said that uh, the cost overruns that the city of Calgary are imposing, including this. uh, There's like a climate change mitigation and uh, like different, uh, I guess, sidewalks that have to be built in order to make the area palatable for pedestrians. They're saying that uh, this is not something that was part of it. It was always part of it. These costs were always included from the get-go, and they're refusing to pay it. And because the Calgary Flames are refusing to pay it, they're saying the city should pay it. And the city's like, no, we already paid our end of the cost overruns. You pay your end. And the Flames are like, well, if you're not going to pay it, we're out of it. We're killing the arena deal. And the amount of money that is needs to be committed here to make the project go forward is akin to about 1.5% of the cost of the entire project, which is, I think, now over $600 million, maybe even $650 million. So they're like, oh, no, we're not going to pay for this. Like, it's like buying a car, and you're the dealership, and you agreed to include the cost of winter tires, but the person who you negotiated with said that they wanted... uh Heated seats, and the heated seats are an extra 200 bucks, and it's like a $90,000 SUV. They're like, oh, I'm not paying that. I don't want the car anymore. But it's like after you've already signed the the lease or, or the uh, financing agreement. It's stupid. <laughs> it's super stupid, and I think anybody with a brain can see that this is the Calgary Flames trying to extort money from Calgarians, which let's be real here. The city of Calgary acts on behalf of Calgarians, and... These sports projects, these arena deals, they don't bring in money. Like, every study on this is that they are a net neutral or net even negative uh, investment opportunity. There are some jobs that are made, but not that many. Not as many as people like to believe. And the money that they, they bring in is expendable income from people. People in a certain population have expendable income. It doesn't increase because there's another area to spend it. It'll just get spent elsewhere if there's no team to spend it on, right? So, like, I, nobody moves to Calgary for the Calgary Flames. I'm sorry. Like, the Calgary Flames are a decently popular team. They do well. They're not really that successful since 2004. They're pretty decent this year. But overall, people move to Calgary for, like, the hiking, the mountain climbing, the wilderness, Banff, Jasper, the Rocky Mountains, Hot Springs, Okotoks, like, all these things surrounding Calgary, plus Jobs And decent homes. They don't come for the Calgary flames. And the fact that, uh, these flames owners from the outset were so aggressive and so disingenuous and trying, like they were trying to influence the last election, the last two elections actually to try to uh, get different mayors elected because they wanted more favorable, uh, people on council for them to give them more money i don't believe billionaires should ever get handouts from local governments it's just not something that their money should go to this is calgarians money and it should be built to help the city of calgary help the people of calgary and i don't believe that this arena deal does that that said it was already agreed to i think they're gonna find a way to fix it yeah it's just that uh, the calgary flames they're trying to get more money out of the city that's the be all end all of it. You know, it's they're a lot trying to
0: extort. Politicking. Um, you know, it's a different situation than the coyotes arena uh, drama because this is, you know, more um trying to get more money out of uh the city and its people and uh Arizona has basically burnt all its bridges, uh and there is, you know, really no way forward for them. But um the Calgary isn't gonna move. This isn't like as dire of a situation as uh, what Arizona is. I I mean, I don't know, obviously, the finances of Calgary as a, you know, franchise, but they don't seem to be in as dire straits as, you know, the Coyotes are like they're not.
1: No. Yeah. Like, I mean, this financially, was... they're completely fine. Like they're yeah. a very profitable team. And this is why I'm not I'm just not buying it like, oh, we're going to move this team that makes like 10 million dollars of profit a year to Texas. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Maybe you'll have more players that want to sign there because it's nice and warm in Houston. Houston's a great town, but you're building from the ground up now. Mm -hmm. Like, you just don't have a fan base there. You don't have, like, maybe you'll get more corporate sponsorships, but I don't know. I don't, like, everyone talks about hockey as like, oh, you know, Arizona is a gigantic market if you can break it. Yeah, if, you know, like, Atlanta was a big market too, a gigantic market. But they had no idea how to integrate the culture of that city into the hockey team the ownership was incredibly awful, so they never got there. At least in Calgary, you know that you have these things guaranteed. You're going to be a profitable team no matter how much you spend. So the idea that you can just move that to somewhere else and the ownership is going to benefit from it, like, I'm calling bull. Yeah, calling I mean, bull it bull is basically
0: thing. just posturing, uh, essentially. 100%. Um, and also, you know, Calgary has an arena to fall back on. They can still play at yes. the Saddle Dome, and the catwalks and all. They can still play at the Saddle Dome, but um you know this isn't like i said this isn't another arizona situation where they've got nowhere else to go basically um so it's base, it's all posturing and political uh maneuverings um and a lot of uh nonsense like that with you know um cities and ownership trying to play with uh pennies to a dollar basically for them uh because you know you're right what is at like one point like 1.5 percent uh that's not really a whole lot it's like a drop in the bucket basically for yeah. these guys um so but it just kind of came as a surprise to people because it just i don't think there were any inklings that this was happening it just kind of blew up on twitter um as it were, once the mayor posted about it. So, or if there was an article beforehand, but uh, the first time I saw it was that the mayor posted about it on Twitter. So,
1: yeah, that's uh, when it first came out. And then she did a press conference, which was followed by the CEO of the C- SEC doing a press conference, which was basically they blamed each other, but it's very obvious who the aggressor is yeah. here and at the end of the day why it's falling apart at
0: the end of the day it feels like this will get resolved it will um it, you know that their timeline for you know building the arena will likely get pushed back because like i said I, I swear i heard somewhere that they were you know supposed to break ground on this soon or in like at the start of the new year um so you know unless this gets fixed within uh the next couple weeks but that won't happen because it's the holidays and people are going to take off uh so it might get it'll get pa- pushed back a little bit but i don't see this as in complete jeopardy unless things truly fall apart in terms of terms of like you know you know they get to differences that they can't reconcile but i feel like this is a the difference that will be reconciled don't know how it will end but um it definitely it's it's not as dire as arizona so it does suck though that, that the nhl is dealing with like two teams right now that are like having arena issues obviously one more pressing than the other but you know it doesn't look good for the nhl in general that they are having difficulty with a uh, teams and arenas uh but to be fair they also have uh much bigger problems at their at, at on their hands right now so um i think that's all for the hockey talk andrew um because there there is no there ha, there hasn't been any hockey to talk about because everybody's on uh, christmas break now so there's really nothing else to talk about in terms of hockey but we are going to continue our marvel talk um with uh, some mcu rankings uh And maybe talk of Hawkeye too, if you've watched it, Andrew. I've heard people. Okay, I I obviously have not watched it, but I am intrigued. So if you do want to talk about that, uh, before we wrap up today's show, uh, but we will do all that Marvel talk coming up right after the break. Bet online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Promo code LOCKED ON. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. We have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers if you're going for some last minute shopping. Or hey, if you're just standing in endless shopping lines like at the grocery store, uh, Bilt Bar can give you that extra something you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse, and you'll never know when you're going to need it. Are you friends with Santa? we we'll, San- well, ask Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas a morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Do you like those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy thrown through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to Built.com and use promo code Locked15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Andrew, we're ending today's uh, short episode. Off with some more fun stuff because, like we said last time, we can't do a whole entire podcast on just sad, depressing news. So, we're going to do uh, more Marvel talk because that's kind of the big thing in the pop culture zeitgeist right now. So,
1: yeah. So, essentially, uh, I tasked myself with this idea of using data to try to rank the entire. Uh, MCU movies, no TV shows involved because that's you have to rank them separately. It, it doesn't make sense to yeah, compare TV yeah. and movies. So I went through and I created different categories and I rated uh, for most of them one to five in each character ca- uh, category. So I had characters, world building, visuals, score, story, and then humor and stakes were both out of two point five instead of five. So characters include both like character development, uh, new int- uh, introducing new characters, villains all that sort of thing. World building is like how things impact the MCU going forward. Uh, Also like some character stuff in there as well. Like the the world of that character visuals can be anything from like graphics to fight choreography to just like things that are iconic in part of that Uh, score. Obviously music, soundtrack story, self-explanatory. And for humor, I didn't necessarily say like how funny is this movie, but like, is the humor appropriate for the story? So like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, not a very funny movie, but the funny lines hit very well. And, you know, on your left at the very beginning of the movie, right? S- comes back in his reference later in Endgame because it's such a fan favorite joke. That movie is appropriately funny for what it is. And stakes is like a combination of like, do you believe the stakes? Uh, Do you is it like a real threatening thing? Does it impact the MCU going forward? So, like, for a normal movie, when you're looking at it, you're probably not really worried too much about world building. But for the MCU, because this huge conglomeration of different stories, it's very impactful. So, I wanted to, like, really focus on that as well in my ranking. So, I'll start from the bottom, and then I'll go up the list. And, Mary, you stop me when you think I need to explain something. Okay,
0: because I also wrote out my uh, top Marvel movies just because... Uh, I wanted to, and I haven't done it uh, before. Uh, so if one of my favorites, which we'll see, I don't think I have very controversial opinions, but we'll see if one of them ends up at the bottom. But I have a feeling I know at least where some of these are going to go considering the, you know, the consensus, or at least the fandom consensus on these. But yes, I will stop um, if I have any interjections, uh, have any questions, or want to, you know just disagree with, with it completely.
1: Yeah, so the, there's a few surprises, I thought, because I was trying my best not to... Uh, like, I like this movie, so I'm going to be biased about it or be influenced by uh, the consensus rankings. I was trying to go strictly on, like, how I viewed each category, and then the addition was the addition. I didn't want to change anything. So a few surprises, but overall, I think I did all right. I think this meshes pretty well with my view of things. And also, there are some things that are very speculative that could change in the future, like Eternals, for example. Uh, The world building in it, I put as a five because I think that that movie is going to be extremely, extremely important for the future of the MCU. But like five years from now, it might be lower. You never Mm -hmm. know. So keep that in mind. Uh, So from the bottom, Thor, the Dark World. Yeah. uh, The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3. Ant-Man and the Wasp. The First Thor. Captain America, the First Avenger which I was surprised it was so low, but like the they're rated pretty high at this point. like This is already, in my view, this is where movies start to get to be good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Widow.
0: I would have put which... Black Widow lower, but I also haven't seen it, so I don't think I can actually make that accurate judgment. To me, uh, it doesn't do much in terms of, I guess, advancing the, the plot or the, you yeah, know, that's the world building out. of the MCU because it's about somebody who dies, apparently. Couple movies previous. So,
1: yes. So, Black Widow lost out on world building and stakes because you already know who lives and who dies. You don't yeah. really, like there's no, you never fear for Natasha, right? And also, it lost out a little bit like on character building because the the villain was kind of meh, but it won out on Yelena is fantastic. Yeah, I and figured. The, the humor in the movie is fantastic as well. Yeah.
0: I figured that's where it got the biggest bombs because that's uh, from what I've seen of the film. That is where its strengths lie. I just, yeah. I probably would have put it below. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, maybe even the first Thor, because I feel like I enjoyed that a lot. But also, again, this is like with the caveat, I have not seen Black Widow. So if I see it, like maybe my opinion would change, but that's I'd move it down maybe a few spots. But I think it's still firmly where it's kind of supposed to be.
1: It also had a better score than the first Avenger and Mm. Thor. So that helped as well. Uh, After that is uh, Captain Marvel, which I thought would be higher. But again, these are in the good movie ranges. Uh, They lost out a little bit on... Uh, world building just because I feel like they could have done a little bit more there and the characters would have been higher if the villain was a little bit more fleshed out. I mm-hmm. feel like you didn't know too much about Yonrog and that whole Cree team could have been a little bit more fleshed out. Um, and also like the humor at times is a little bit uneven. So I it lost a little bit there as well. Uh, Doctor Strange. This is one where, again, the villain, Kysilius, not great. And I feel like Strange didn't change a whole lot in this movie, maybe at the end. And I feel like Mordo, again... Could have been built more. I'm excited to see where they go with Strange. I feel like since then things have been better, but still the visuals in enough. that film were good. I think that yes, was visuals like, were very, very good. The
0: highlight movie. of that film was the was the visuals for me because I wasn't a big, you know, Doctor Strange. I don't think you're supposed to like him in that film. If no, you're it. not. You're, you're not. He gets better, obviously, but he is not a very nice person. So I can see why that lies where it is, but obviously the strength is in its visuals and the way it, you know, hundred percent conceptualizes like the fight scenes and stuff like
1: that. Yeah. All right, and then after that is uh, Avengers Age of Ultron.
0: Okay. I'm surprised that's not lower because that's such a. Most fans have such a low opinion on that film. Yeah,
1: okay, but Avengers Age of Ultron does a hell of a lot of work on character building and world building. Yeah. So that's where it gets bumped up, right? Mm -hmm. It, It was a very hefty movie from those perspectives. It's become extremely important for. Everything that's come since, right? I mean,
0: it, you know, it's the basis of, you know, Wanda's character, yep. so. And it also
1: built up Hawkeye in yeah. the moment that he has with Wanda. That created the Hawkeye series. You yeah. know, the conflict of Iron Man and uh, Captain America originated in that movie, essentially. So lots of stuff comes out of Age of Ultron. Next was Spider-Man Homecoming, which I thought would be higher.
0: What uh, what it- ranking? Are we, like, in the middle? Or are we, this like- is the 16th. Okay.
1: This is right in the middle area. All right. So, Spider-Man: Homecoming lost out a little bit on world building because it was a very like self-contained movie, which is fine. Like, I, I it's just that's how it is. And the score, the thing that I didn't like about Spider-Man: Homecoming was the prevalence of like '80s rock pop music. It just doesn't make sense for the character or for the time of that they're trying to build. And it it just it's like one of my only really big nitpicks about that movie. Uh, Eternals after that, which. Did like it does everything decently well, but it has spectacular visuals and I think is going to be very important for the future of the MCU. So I gave it a high mark on world building as well. And that kind of carries it out from like the lower tier to the mid tier Mm Ant-Man. Interesting think, that
0: Ant-Man is so high and Ant-Man and the Wasp was so low. Well, yes, high, it's more mid, but you know.
1: Yeah, everything good about Ant-Man and the Wasp is already in Ant-Man, except for like Jimmy Woo. Uh, so
0: yeah.
1: like you get to see the Wasp more, which is good, but I feel like they don't really develop her character a lot. Like there isn't a lot of development overall in that movie, whereas Ant-Man, it blazed a, a, a really good trail of like, it was a heist movie, which is always fun it had this dynamic between Scott and his family as like a divorced dad that they didn't demonize the stepdad, which was like super interesting and wholesome. It was like a functional family unit of a separated family, which was super fun for me. And uh, it, it, it just, it built a lot of characters that you really enjoy. Even his daughter, Cassie, like just absolutely iconic when she grabs that ugly stuffy And she's like, I love it. You know, like, really endearing moments, so Ant-Man rates high for me. After that is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which rates extraordinarily high for visuals, uh, decently high for character progression. I know people have trouble with uh, Drax from that movie, but I think that it's undersold. A few moments in that movie are really, really great for Drax. Uh, the moment with Mantis, where he's sitting on the the stairs, like thinking of his family, who's perished and she's the empath puts her hand on him and just is like overcome with sadness while he's sitting there like kind of smiling serenely and you realize how much is going on underneath the surface of Drax is excellent a lot of great character development for Rocket Yondu uh, Peter Quill Gamora and Nebula their Mm -hmm. sister relationships so good in that movie so that's a big part of why that movie works so well for me and also the score I mean James Gunn oh yeah it's it's killer killer Mm -hmm. After that, uh, surprisingly low, I think, for most people, Iron Man. Hmm. Iron Man, I think, is hurt by how much better the Marvel thing has got. Like, the yeah, he was gotten,
0: it's risen. I mean, at the yeah. time, it was pretty extraordinary, but you yeah. know, Marvel itself has risen beyond that height now. So it's and, it's kind of just you know getting points docked for being one of the first you know films. Yes. So it's it it you know it's a product of its time, I suppose.
1: And it rates highly everywhere except for score. The score Mm -hmm. is super blah. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, Avengers is next, which I think is also lower at number 11. Because
0: I have that in my top three favorites. Yeah.
1: So Avengers, I think, is really great, but is now put higher than people should based on nostalgia. Because it was the first time they all got together. Like The story in Avengers is like it's very simple. And I think it should get Doc Marks a little bit by doing the same thing. Like, everybody at that time kind of followed the Dark Knight and had the villain get captured, and then they wanted to be captured. You know, like, the Joker did it. Uh, James Bond did it in, uh, I forget which one it was, but the one with uh, Javier Bardem was the villain. It wasn't Spectre. It was something else.
0: Okay, I've watched, like, a few James Bond films. They've all kind of, like, uh, blended together for me.
1: Yeah, so after the Dark Knight did it, with the Joker, it became like very tropey in action movies for the villain to get captured. So like as well as it works in the Avengers, like the Avengers is very streamlined and good. And it has one of the best climaxes of any movie. I'll put it against anything. Just like that whole fight scene in New York is phenomenal. But overall, yeah, I think I mean, a lot it of loses my- on story. And what was the other thing that I docked it a little bit on? Oh, character, because a lot of that movie is spent on Steve Rogers and they don't do a good job really developing his character. And a lot of what they did kind of gets tossed out immediately in the Winter Soldier and they build him back up as a much more, much more interesting character. So that is where Avengers get hurt. I
0: liked it. I mean, you're right. A lot of it is nostalgia because, you know, I have fond memories, I guess, of that era of Marvel. It was so simple back then.
1: (laughs) It was. Absolutely. So I just kind
0: of feel nostalgic for that. And also the humor still. I like the humor still in that film.
1: So. Yeah, it is fun. It's It's a fun movie. I would never turn it off It was if it was playing on my TV, but it's just outside my top 10. Now, right. here's the top 10. This is going to be a controversial one, I know, because a lot of people hate this movie, but Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. I really love that movie. I love Mysterio and the, the dynamic that he has with Peter. I love the climax as well, where he has to rely entirely on his spider sense to defeat him. It was just really well done. The visuals the, are great visuals are phenomenal phenomenal and a lot of world building in that with like uh nick fury and uh maria hill being skrulls so you see where things are going in the mcu and peter's character just comes so far in that movie from being like a very immature kid to starting to realize how important it is to uh to be a hero and him and mj his relationship really takes on to the next level which pays off tremendously in no way home uh, no spoilers. <laughs> After that is Thor Ragnarok, which wow. I thought would be higher. I I have that again, as my it's,
0: top film. It's, it's so nine. fun. It's I know, such it is a fun, so fun film, looks but great, like, has you know great acting, great visuals. Oh it's yes. a great soundtrack. It's a perfect it is, film. It's a it perfect is film, and I take offense to it being at number nine. I could have, you know, had it in the top five and I'd be okay, but it, being so low for me is a crime.
1: Well, here's the thing though. These are like the top even 11 or 12 maybe even 13 are all movies where I would objectively say I love these movies mm-hmm. right so Thor Ragnarok is there but it's just it's just barely behind a couple others mm-hmm. so Guardians of the Galaxy is right there that's m- because, my fifth one yes wow. so I I gave Thor Ragnarok this is the difference between the two movies a 4.5 out of 5 for characters I docked them a little bit because Loki is a little bit short changed in Thor Ragnarok whereas Guardians of the Galaxy is a 5 out of 5 because flat out when i saw guardians of the galaxy for the first time i had no idea what they were mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie i had tears in my eyes over a tree dying
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it like, is a great it is a great character film
1: it is it is fantastic so i gave it that and obviously the score for guardians is oh, yes. incredible uh number 7 is yeah number 7 is uh shang chi which again 5 out of 5 for characters that's probably I, about where I one of the put best it. villains of all time mm-hmm. uh in wen wu uh, world building is ranked decently high. Visuals, unbelievably good visuals in that movie. Uh, great choreography. The score, I have it playing on like my Apple Music or Spotify, like almost every day. It's fantastic. The blend of like uh, Chinese music and then like the uh, modern Chinese music in the uh, in the soundtrack versus the ancient Chinese music in the score, really really fun. Number six is Avengers End Game.
0: Okay, that was my fourth. So, but that's about about right.
1: Fun. Yeah, so I docked Endgame a little bit on character because of the whole situation with Thanos. Uh I feel like using time travel kind of hurts it a little bit in that the Thanos that they fight at the end is not the Thanos that actually did them wrong. And I feel like
0: yeah, I mean, they he had the- so much
1: time in Avengers Infinity War that like to have him get killed off like that like in the
0: first I- ten minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it I understand shock, it for sure. It is a huge shock. I remember in the theater everything was like quiet as a pin drop when Thor kills. It's like
0: him. is that it? Is the movie over?
1: <laughs> yeah. Obviously not, but uh yeah, so I feel like just because they didn't have a chance to really develop Thor's or Thanos's character more and bring him in and have that grudge actually there, it was felt a little bit manufactured, but overall I understand that like that movie was about the original Avengers. It was their ending, not necessarily the movie for thanos his movie was infinity war but Mm -hmm. i do love that character Uh, above that is black panther
0: yeah that would have sat like in my top five but i edged it out it would probably be like six it's six it's so good
1: yeah it's phenomenal the score is original and incredible the story is great amazing villain with killmonger you end up liking like every single character in that movie for different reasons they're all charismatic the stakes feel pretty high the humor is on point between like shuri uh, like it's just really really strong. It's a tight overall. film.
0: It's a really yeah. tight film and it's and, and it's sad looking at what could have been in terms of, you know, the future of that yes, that character. I mean, obviously that shouldn't you know factor into the rankings, but you know, it's it was a great film. I mean, I'm sure that whatever they do for the future of the Black Panther um you know, will be great too. But it was just, you know, looking back on it, it's like, man, we really had the start of something and, you know, it'll be hard not to think of what could have been uh, as yeah. those movies continue.
1: I docked at 0.5 on visuals just because of the CG being really rough in the final fight scene. Oh yeah. But the choreography was unbelievable. Cinematography was unbelievable. And people focus so much on that one fight scene that they ignore the fact that the CG is pretty much spotless the entire rest of the movie. They just, Flat out ran out of time because they have a crazy schedule to keep up with. Yeah, Unfortunately, it crunch, happened to be in the climactic stuff. fight. But whatever. it's It really doesn't bother me that much when you look at how great the rest of the movie is. And like, man, every scene with Okoye, especially in the casino. Oh, my God. Great, such beautiful fantastic. fighting. Oh. Yeah. So that's fifth. Uh, top four. Captain America Civil War. Uh, amazing character building in that. I think it's the best character movie in the MCU, the conflict between Captain America and Iron Man is so interesting to me because they're both not only conflicted with each other, but conflicted internally. And they lay out perfectly how they've got to these, uh, how each of their points are compelling. And they're both right and they're both wrong. And it's something the Civil War series in Marvel did a very poor job of so this is like one of those situations where the MCU has kind of fixed a comic storyline and made it much better. Uh, I docked it a little bit on visuals because uh, parts of the movie were just very grey, yeah, and it got criticism for that deservedly. So I think that's where it kind of loses out, but everything else I think is very, very strong. Also, introduced Black Panther and Spider-Man and introduce them perfectly. You get a lot of character work with Bucky and Steve Rogers and, you know, Tony and that relationship. It's just is a really, really it's a really, really good
0: movie. character piece. It, it really is. is.
1: I think it's their best character movie. Uh number three, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yeah,
0: that's my second Just
1: it's almost a perfect movie. Yeah, it know? really
0: is. Uh, like,
1: it's so good. Like it's they just, more
0: political than like anything like, you know, world shattering, you know. Yes. It's just it I don't know. It's
1: it's a very personal movie. Yes. You know, and there are huge ramifications in terms of world building. Like Shield fi- ceases to exist, mm-hmm. right? But uh, it's, it's incredible, incredible movie. There's not much more to say about that one that hasn't been said. But I feel like watching that movie for the first time in theater, and like I wasn't a huge Captain America fan per se. And then he drops onto that boat and he just runs and push, kitch, push kicks a guy off the edge of the boat. And I was like, Okay, I like Captain America now. Like immediately, I was like, okay, this guy business. Yeah, needs and the business. banter
0: between Cap and uh, Black Widow is fantastic in that film. Like, yes, like so good. They it, have so much the, chemistry. Yeah, and it's the best it's ever been because I don't I don't think they ever really recapture that except one moment in oh, I, what was it? Um, Endgame, where they kind of talked like in a quiet moment at the very beginning. Yes. And they're talking to each other, but that's like the rare instance we get of those two like acting together. And you're right, they have so much chemistry. But that's one of the reasons why I like the film is because you know their chemistry is great and um they don't really do much together outside of that from what i remember
1: yeah it's it's rare that they have like those one-on-one character moments Mm -hmm. so yeah really fantastic movie and i also feel like his relationship with falcon is really pushed forward in that movie same with bucky you know like you learn a lot about it uh top two i mean spoiler obviously because it's very easily easy to know which two are the top two now Mm -hmm. but it's a tie I couldn't decide between them. They, they ended with the same score and I couldn't really order them. It's Avengers Infinity War and Spider Man No Way Home. And they're very similar movies and they're both like climaxes to a big long buildup. And they're you know, like coming together movie of various characters over different franchises. But while Infinity War is like a nonstop thrill ride climax, Spider Man No Way Home. Like, and there's, there's spots of character work in Infinity War for everyone, especially Thor and especially Thanos, who I think has an amazing arc in that movie, but Spider-Man No Way Home, it's just, I'll try not to do any spoilers because we said no spoilers, but how far Peter goes in that movie is incredible. And it's not just about him. I feel like even though you barely really see him, Strange has a lot mj has a lot ned has a lot the world building of what's to come i think is gigantic and it's such a beautiful movie with iconic moments that will be seen forever you know like same with avengers infinity war like we talk about the biggest pops we've ever heard in theaters when things happen when thor drops into wakanda in infinity war and he brings up stormbreaker and smashes it down I just remember the first time seeing it in theaters there was like 30 different people in the theater who just yelled holy shit. <laughs> and it's, it's like those kinds of moments are something that you can only experience in a theater. In a theater and for the most part right now like that level of excitement only in the MCU, which is why I I feel like people really are missing out if they don't like it. Yeah. yeah they're great uh,
0: films um I like Endgame, I think, more than Infinity War. I find Endgame more fun. I know people don't necessarily like the time travel, but I find that the, you know, it it makes for a more fun premise, even though there's a lot happening in that film. Um, but Infinity War does a whole lot to, obviously, up the stakes. And, of course, the ending is, you know, as shocking as it was. Um, there there really won't be, a, you know, a moment that compares to seeing that for the first time in the theaters and not being spoiled for it. Uh, and I didn't want to rank... Uh, you know, the newest Spider-Man because uh, recency bias. So uh, for sure, I didn't want to like, I feel like that would have clouded it. So I was just kind of like, I'll just kind of not think about that one when I was making my top five, because like, I didn't want to, you know, input recency bias into it because, you know, at the moment it's an incredible film and I really love it, but I didn't want to, you know, let it cloud my judgment, but that is completely fair to have it in that top spot right now.
1: All right. So Mary, what was your, your top group?
0: Um, hold on. I closed the tab. I believe oh, it no. was. I believe it was Guardians Five, Endgame Four, Avengers Three, Winter Soldier Two, and uh, Thor Ragnarok One. So
1: yeah, all movies that I would not turn off. Yeah,
0: they're great films. Thor Ragnarok is just so fun between the chemistry between all the characters, uh, the humor. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a fun. It's just a really fun film, uh, and the fights are cool too. So. Um, is that all we have in terms of, you know, Marvel stuff is, you know, is this the last, uh, anything you want to say before we, you know, sign off for the holidays, Andrew?
1: No, let's, uh, let's wish everyone a happy holidays. We'll talk about Hawkeye after the holidays are over. Cause, uh, we said we were going to do short on this one and we actually didn't go that short. So, <laughs>
0: uh we spent half the episode talking about marvel again andrew this i don't is think true. i don't think people are going to be upset we at least talked about something that was fun because true. like i said there's been a lot of you know it it's been a tough year for everybody it's you know things are changing things are going back to you know the before like you know what it felt like in the early stages of the pandemic it's tough for us all um you know sports shutting down again is not something we want to talk about um But we kind of have to, so I'm glad we did it, but, you know, let's let everybody have a happy holiday, safe happy holiday, enjoy the time with, you know, friends and family if you're going to see them, if you're by yourself, find something to do um, that is, you know, fun and takes your mind off things and just, you know, and if you don't celebrate at this time of the year, just you know, enjoy a really nice, peaceful weekend. I think that's, uh, I think Andrew and I can both, you know, wish for that for everybody. I mean, especially Andrew, because apparently you've got a whole lot uh, coming your way with your kids. So, you know. (laughs) All right, but uh, that's all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL Show. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice from Apple to Odyssey to Spotify and rate and review us while you're at it. You can follow the pod at Crosscheck NHL on Twitter, me and Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. Thanks for making the Croshtrek NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.